Good morning and welcome to worship here at North Hollywood First United Methodist Church. Um, I hope that you don't believe the headlines and that you uh, will receive this word from me that we will continue to be a church that enfolds and embraces all who walk in through the front door and all we encounter. For the grace of Jesus Christ is bigger than any individual and we will not place limitations or boundaries in front of it. And that's why we come to worship. That's why we come to gather in the sanctuary. And this morning, I encourage you to silence your phones, to take the registration tablets and pass them down the aisle to one another, and let us prepare ourselves to come before God and to receive God's grace. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we silence our hearts and our minds that we might truly come to be in your presence to offer our praise, to offer our worship. We offer this prayer up that we would be a people of worship. In the name of Christ, amen. I invite you to take out your red hymnals and let us join and stand together and join together our hearts and our minds. Uh, hymn number 173, Christ whose glory fills the sky. Let us pray. Radiant Lord, you shine with purity, power, and truth. Your mercy reflects your compassion, your care, and your love. Transform us into your image as we seek to follow you. Use us to make your presence known throughout the world. In your name we pray. Amen. We will now please open your bulletins. We'll join together in the call to worship. 
Will you come to the highest mountain? Jesus is waiting, waiting to greet you. Come and encounter his glory. may be seated and now open your black hymnals the faith we sing to number 2202 come away with me In days of old, God was seen as far from the people. But we know Christ, and in him we know God. When we share what we have out of love, our hearts grow closer to God. 
and we shine with Christ's glory. Let us offer our gifts to God today as the ushers wait upon the congregation for this morning's tithes and offerings. Generous God, it is through your mercy that we have this ministry, the ministry of our talents and treasure, the ministry of our passion and purpose. Strengthen our hearts for your service and accept the grateful offerings we lay before you this morning. Amen. You may be seated.
you pray with me? Loving God, we remember how you enfolded people who had been excluded by the holiest, most righteous people into your ministry. Recall how the circle of Christ's closest followers were from different regions, political groups, and socioeconomic statuses. We are reminded how Christ's gospel was good news for all people. And we are here this morning, Lord, because you have called us on this journey. We confess that we aren't always willing to let go of the things that bind us even the things that harm our spirits and diminish our souls. We cling to our problems as though they provide some degree of comfort and stability. So Lord, today we are here to ask that you would help us let go of the pain, the problems, and the chains that bind our souls, that bind your gospel. Open our hearts to hear your word. And Lord, place us on a journey with confidence and assurance of your presence that we would include those who have been excluded. We're here this morning, Lord, because of your grace. The very same grace which is already at work beyond the boundaries of our congregation, of our denomination, even beyond our community. Forgive us when we try to place limitations and boundaries upon your grace. Have mercy upon us when we cover over your light. Have compassion for us when we misunderstand the depth and power of your great love. Help us to be your body, doing your work this world. Lord, this moment we take a moment of silence to offer up to you the names, situations of those near and dear to us in our prayers this morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And help us to remember that we too, Lord, are always in your loving care. When we have fallen, lift us up, O Lord. When we think we can go no further, pick us up and carry us until we can walk again. When we wonder if you have made, if you made the right choice in calling us to our ministry or to our mission, Ease our fears, confirm our hopes, and bless our hearts with your loving presence, that in all things, Lord, you may be glorified. We pray this in the name of Christ, and all of God's people said,
reading from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 28 to 36. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, is it good for us to be here? Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said, while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. So there are those moments when we open up the Bible and we read the stories or we read um, uh, an occurrence that happens and it sounds like a really good science fiction movie. And here in this morning's passage, we, we kind of encounter that. You know, Jesus asked two of his buddies to come on up the mountain with him. Uh, and they go up, and then the smoke machines turn on. And the mist comes in. And all of a sudden, there are these two mysterious figures standing with Jesus. And somehow, somehow they know that it's Moses and Elijah. And that's actually probably been my biggest question all these years of encountering this, this story of the transfiguration is how... Do uh, Peter, James, and John know that it's Moses and Elijah? I mean, they didn't have, you know, photographs or paintings back then. How did they know? Was Moses carrying around like a couple of tablets? And, you know, maybe, maybe Elijah is kind of singed from his fiery ride in the chariot up into heaven. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But somehow they look and they know that Jesus is standing with Moses and Elijah. And then this, you know, there, there's this kind of Peter speaks, and he doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let us build, you know, dwellings for you all. This is good. This is good that we're all here together, and there'll be one for Moses and one for Elijah, one for you, Jesus. And then the smoke comes back in. They turn on the fog machines a little more, and then the smoke clears, and it's just Jesus. And the disciples go down the hill, and they don't tell anybody their experience until after Jesus is resurrected. It's a, it's a kind of an interesting story. In fact, it's more than interesting. It's, it's, it's almost baffling. Um, but I want to set this within the context of what's happening in Jesus' ministry. If we read a few verses earlier, there's the whole conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, all of them. And he asks them, who do the people say that I am? And, um, and they answer things like, well, some people say you're John the Baptist, you know, come back from the dead. And other people are saying Elijah. 
And still others are saying, you know, you're one of the great prophets who has been arisen once again to speak to us. But then Jesus has turned the tables upon them. And he says, now who do you say I am? And Peter answers, you're the Messiah of God. And it's interesting because Jesus has not called himself or referred to himself as the Messiah or as the Christ. And at this moment, he, he kind of tells Peter that, um, said this, but don't tell anyone else. For the Son of Man must undergo persecution and will be put to death, and on the third day will rise again. And it's at this point that Jesus sets his face to go to Jerusalem, to face his passion to face death, and to experience resurrection. It's immediately following this whole exchange that Jesus and his closest of his disciples go up the mountain to go and pray. And there's something about this experience that is nurturing to Jesus, that gives him the power and emboldens him to stand up and make that journey to Jerusalem, to go and face what he is going to have to face in order to experience what he must experience, a death and a resurrection so that we all might have life and a deeper understanding of how God is with people. But there's something else happening here in the story. The two figures people that Jesus meets with. We have Moses and we have Elijah. And Moses is the one who was celebrated as being the giver of the law. We hear so much about the law of Moses you know, and about how we're supposed to live according to the law of Moses. And, and then you have the prophets, the words that call people back to God. And in the midst of all this confusion of Jesus being in conversation with the law and the prophet, there is a voice that comes from heaven. Saying, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. There's a sense in which the voice from heaven is elevating Jesus over and above the law and the prophets. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, one of the great uh, holy days in the calendar of the church. It's a high holy day today. And it's a day in which we hear that voice. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And it's that reminder that as we look at Scripture, as we read the Bible, that we read it through the lens of Jesus Christ. Yes, the law and the prophets are a part of our Scriptures, and yet we are told that we are to listen to Christ, and we interpret the law and the prophets through that lens of Christ. And it's a reminder to us that sometimes something can be biblical, but it may not be Christ-like. 
I'm going to repeat that. Things can be biblical, but they may not be Christ-like. And it becomes an important distinction, especially uh, in light of the news from this week. I'm sure you've read the headlines or seen on Facebook and, and all kinds of different places and on the radio. Our denomination had a gathering. We had delegates that gathered in St. Louis. And that issue was restrictive language in our discipline that uh, limits the breadth and scope of ministry and life within our, er, within our denomination that was added in 1972. That's language that restricts specifically to our LGBTQ uh, siblings. We've been trying to get that language removed for many, many years. We thought we had an opportunity, and yet the vote did not go in favor of removing it. Now, I also want to be clear that it was a vote. That is not the rule right now, because so many of these things are going through judicial counsel and may not be considered um, implementable for the congregation or for the denomination. But what it's done is it has emboldened those of us who consider that God's grace is for all. We watch and what the ministry that Jesus did and the fact that he broke bread and ate with those that he was told he shouldn't. That he included those that were excluded into his closest gathering that he had a diverse group of disciples that came from all kinds of different political groups and economic statuses, that he would touch people that he was told he shouldn't touch. And so this morning, as we talk about the transfiguration, here is the disciples have that curtain pulled apart from them Peter said he was the Messiah, but he still didn't understand what that meant. And it took this moment on the mountain for that curtain to be pulled back and for them to be able to say, this is more than just a teacher. This is more than just a man. This is more than just a rabbi. This is truly someone that God has sent. And yes, we will listen to him. So this morning, I just want to say, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Simply say that we are a church where all people are welcome. Our congregation will not put a limit upon the grace that is put forth from God through Jesus Christ. We as a denomination practice an open table. Nobody gets asked, how long have you been a Christian? Where are you at in your walk with Christ? We have an open table. Doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. You're welcome to come and receive because we say that it is grace that makes the, the bread and the wine effective. It, it's grape juice, just to be clear. Um, but it's God's grace that is poured forth. It is God's grace that is at work even before we are aware of it. Who are we to put a restraint or a barrier or a boundary on how God is going to work? 
and how God is going to be present in your hearts and in your lives. And if we're not going to do that at the table of our holiest ritual, we are not going to do that in any aspect of our ministry. We are a church for all people. This is a church where all of you can find a home and a place of ministry, a place of grace, a place to walk with Christ, your siblings that are right next to you, shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart. We represent Jesus Christ. Listen to him. Listen to him. And as we celebrate communion today and as we continue in our worship, I hope, hope and pray that that curtain gets pulled back and we truly see the light and life that Christ brings to all. To all. May we be transfigured with Christ and be filled with that same glory. Amen.
But just as Jesus went up the mountain to renew his spirit for his journey to Jerusalem, so we gather at the table of the Lord, renew our strength, to renew our resolve, to renew our spirit. This is the place that we come, gathered together as Christ's friends as God's children, to proclaim the story of Christ, fill up on grace yet again. I invite you to turn to page 13 in your red hymnals. We're going to pick it up where it says, The Great Thanksgiving. I begin by saying, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing to give thanks and praise to you, almighty God, creator of the heavens and the earth. Through Moses, you have given your people the law. And through the prophet Elijah, you have spoken that all people might know your will and obey your commandment. And so with all your people on earth and with the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. You exalted him in the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He surpasses even the glory of Moses and Elijah. Through the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from the slavery of sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and by your spirit. On the night that he gave himself up for us, he took bread he blessed it and gave thanks. But he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he blessed it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant my blood which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so it is in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith that Christ has died, and that Christ has risen, and that Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. That we might be lifted, the veil might be lifted from our eyes, and your glory be revealed to all of humanity. 
By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and in ministry to all the earth, till Christ comes again in final victory, and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence that comes with being children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Will those who are assisting me in the distribution of the elements please come forward at this time? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. When we all partake of the one loaf, the bread which we break and the bread which we share is a sharing in the body of Christ. And in the same way, the cup which we share is a sharing in the very self of Christ, in the very life of Christ. And it gives us life, and it makes us family. just a moment the ushers will come forward and invite you row by row to come forward you're welcome to kneel or stand at the rail we'll be giving you a piece of bread or you may take the gluten-free host you will dip it into the cup and receive the gifts of God and the grace of God come and receive
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. May we be transformed into your image and grow from glory to glory. Grant that we may go out into the world strengthened by your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Christ our Lord, through whom we pray and through whom we give thanks. And all of God's people said, Amen. Good morning and welcome to your Good News Spring Training Announcements. As you can see, everyone is on the diamond, limbering up, loosening up, and getting into shape for what is sure to be a spectacular season from Lent to Easter. From Class A rookie events trying to break camp to the returning veterans trying to get back into shape, we've got the inside pitch for the month of March. So you need to follow along with your copy of the Good News to know which top prospects have made the roster. Please be sure to pick up a copy of the Good News before you leave church today. Ever wonder why you receive it in the mail a week into the month? It's because it was still here on Sunday. You can also check out a digital version online at nohofumc.org. So we're going to take a look at the free agents, the all-stars, the non-roster invitees who make up this month's spring training announcements. First, check the back of your bulletin. If it's been autographed by manager Dave Roberts, you've won a lifetime supply of Farmer, Farmer John Dodger dogs. If not, if not, you'll see contact information on how to get a hold of the church and how we can stay connected throughout the week and on social media. You can also see our flower dedications for the altar flowers, and you will also notice that there is a trifold insert, extra special insert for this month's events. Now. On with the program. And just like pitchers and catchers always reporting early to camp, Pastor Steve is already warming up for the first event of March, Wednesday the 6th. That's Ashes on the Run. Ashes on the Run. Drive or walk up in front of our church on Tahunga Avenue from 7 to 9 a.m. and 1 to 4 p.m. That's right, it's a split squad, so you're guaranteed to see some action. Going around the horn that night, we will have Ash Wednesday worship in Boyer Chapel at 7 p.m. There will be hymns, special music, imposition of ashes, and communion. It'll, it'll be sure to be a dandy for the rookies and the veterans. Next up is an all-star picked up in a blockbuster deal at this same time last season. Thursday the 7th is our first Lenten study class. It is 7 p.m. There will be a light soup supper light supper featuring soup and vespers in the lounge. Then at 7.30 p.m., we will be praying like Jesus with our study. One fan favorite returning to camp is Mission Sunday on the 10th. They still need to get in their hacks in the batting cage to prepare for the season, and the food pantry still needs non-perishable food items. United Methodist Women will be gathering to discuss all of the big off-season deals at their executive board meeting and general luncheon on March 13th in the Lofi Low Stadium, starting at 10 a.m. Coaches and instructors will be huddled around the mound and in the dugout and in the clubhouse discussing a lot of strategy on Saturday the 16th for a St. Patrick's Day game night. 
That's St. Patrick's Day game night. It's the wearing of the green and the playing of the games at 6.30 p.m. in the Clubhouse Lounge. On Monday the 18th, the future Hall of Famers from Tabitha Circle meet in the hand-in-hand -hand room at 10.30 a.m. to go over fielding drills and see new baby items. All right. Oh, baby items. They will to see the sewn baby items. See the, see, see the sew. Sew them, and they will see them. Baby <laughs> items. Tuesday, March 19th, we're going to talk it up. We're going to talk it up. All right. Talk it up. Hey, bada, 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 hey. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Bada, one, two, bada, one, two, a little time, a little time, a little time, a little time. There bada. you go. Can it, can it, can it, can it, can it, can it. Join our skipper, Pastor Steve, for God Talk at the District Pub on Lancashire at 8 p.m. Pastor Steve will be meeting there every Tuesday during Lent thereafter. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye. Good eye. Nice look. Where to watch. Some of the hottest names in the game travel to Florida for the Grapefruit League, and some go to Arizona for the Cactus League. But the biggest stars go to the Community Room League for the Peanut Butter League. The PB&J Project meets in the Community Room at 7 p.m. on the 21st of March to get in their first at-bats of the spring. Now, be sure to catch up with Johnny Bench, the San Diego Chicken, and the Baseball Bunch meeting. Oh, wait, I'm being told that's the Brunch Bunch meeting on the 22nd at Aroma Cafe at 11 a.m. Please RSVP for the Brunch Bunch. Either way, you'll want to be there to catch up on the latest news from around the league with a delicious brunch at the training table. Now, as we prepare for opening day, there will be an opportunity for everyone to pitch in and get us ready for the season. Church workday is from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday, March 23rd. Meet in the main sanctuary, and we want this stadium to look spotless and the field to look sharp for the first game of the season. That's right, church work day. We're going to bat around the order for this one. Everybody scores. The great Bambino of Babe Ruth Circle rounds the bases to meet in the community room on Tuesday the 26th at 7.30 p.m. Which brings us back to the top of the order. We're going to talk it up, talk it up. Hey, right. bada, bada, bada. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Here we go. No Wing, come on, bada. That's right. Bada, bada, bada. Another God Talk with Pastor Steve at the District Pub at 8 p.m. on Tuesday the 26th. That talk lost me. Finally, on the 31st is Umcor Sunday, a day for the bullpen. It's an occasion to celebrate the relievers and bring special offerings for Umcor, which does relief work for the church. Bring in the lefty. And bring in your donations for our Easter baskets. Check out the good news for donation offer uh, request for Hope of the Valley. We've signed Easter to a long-term deal with a no-trade clause. Easter lilies are always a popular claim off the waiver wire as well. The Easter lilies will be displayed on the cross here in the sanctuary. There will be an order form in your good news, so you can sign up for that. Don't miss an opportunity to give lilies an honor or memory of loved ones. And that's a wrap for our spring training preview. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, fans. So now we are going to conclude this morning's worship by standing and singing our closing hymn from the Red Hymnal, number 451. Be thou my vision.
as we prepare to go forth from here. I do want to lift up one announcement that was not in our great stream of spring training announcements, um, and that is tonight at the uh, First United Methodist Church of Pasadena, there is a special post-general conference worship service happening at 6 o'clock, a time for us to um, claim our unity in proclaiming the boundarylessness of God's grace um, for our annual conference and for our jurisdiction. So um, you are all invited to go and be a part of that. Um, I'm going to see if I still have any life left in me this afternoon. Um, obviously, I have not been feeling that great. I will be at the back door to greet you. Um, I will not be offering hugs. You don't want to hug me today. Um, but we do have our reception over in uh, the library and the lounge as we go. But for now, I just wish to say, may the glory of Christ fill your hearts and your minds. May you be transformed and transfigured to be ambassadors of Christ, to proclaim his gospel, and to give his grace to the world around us, that everyone is included. Go in peace. Amen.